Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew speaks on the book of Hebrews, with message number six, entitled, Consider Jesus. If you have your Bibles handy, please turn to Hebrews chapter three, verses one through six. Now here is Reverend P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us this morning. If we have worshipped and served other gods, have mercy upon us. Help us, O Lord, to fix our minds on Jesus, to think Jesus, to hope in Jesus, to trust in Jesus, to stand upon the foundation of the gospel and to think clearly about everything based on what you have revealed in your word. O God, help us to discipline our mind, a mind that strays and wanders even now. Help us, O Lord, to command our mind to think on God. Speak to us, O Lord, from your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You heard about the charismatic Holy Spirit man. His name is Ted Hagar. He was Holy Ghost man. And you heard him speak to the male prostitute asking for meth. But he, like Mr. Clinton, said he didn't inhale. He just bought it and threw it away. Holy Ghost man. What shame he brought to the church of Jesus Christ. What lie, what hypocrisy. That Jesus didn't satisfy him. Jesus was not sufficient for him. He spoke to other people about this Jesus. But he found his satisfaction in meth. In male prostitutes. May God help us to be true worshippers of Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 3, 1 through 6. You have heard this morning, read this scripture read to you. Consider Jesus. Now the word consider, I will explain, it means to think. Think powerfully. Fix your thoughts on something. Bring your mind in all its capacity to bear upon something. That's what you do when you are dating, you are considering. You are thinking very seriously who this person is. Is he a fake? Who is he or she in the heart? It's not easy to find out. Let me tell you, after all these years, I don't know people. I thought I knew people, but I don't. Jesus knows people. So because of that careful consideration, you confess. You come and get married. And the third is continuance in the married state. Consider, confess, and continue. So, consider Jesus. Now we are preaching through the book of Hebrews. Christians are tempted 
to forsake Christ when they face troubles, sickness, poverty, and persecution. And this church of the Hebrews was experiencing troubles. People are tempted to forsake Jesus when they are experiencing material prosperity. The church of Laodicea said, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and not need a thing. Oh, what tragedy. The church of the Hebrews was faced with persecutions for their faith in Jesus Christ. They were tempted to go back to Judaism and avoid troubles. Some Jews probably believed that Moses was superior to Jesus himself. Moses was revered as greatest of men. The Jews revered Jesus in that way. Moses who gave them the law. Moses who saw God face to face. But in chapter 3, 1 through 6, the author, for the first time, directly appeals to the congregation. He exhorts them not to quit, but to persevere in the faith, exercising their mind to know Jesus and his infinite superiority, not only over angels, but also over Moses. Brothers and sisters, Christianity demands acute mental activity, not hollow enthusiasm. Consider Jesus. We are told here, therefore, holy brothers, that gives you reason. Jesus Christ is the son who brought God's final revelation. He told us in the previous two chapters. He is the heir of all things. He is the creator of all. He is the radiance of God's glory. He is God himself. He is the upholder of all things. And we are told he provided for us purification for our sins. He is the seated king of kings ruling over all things. He is superior to angels being God and worshipped by the angels. He proclaimed the gospel. He is the first to proclaim the gospel. He gained for us what Adam lost. And we read, we see Jesus crowned with glory and honor. And we are told that he tasted death in place of us. And we are told that Jesus is our elder brother, our kinsman, redeemer, our Boaz, who by his incarnation became our high priest and perfect victim. And he made atonement for our sins that we could approach God in worship. This Jesus, destroyed by his propitiatory death, our sins, our death, and our enemy, the devil, and liberated us once for all from the fear of death. This Jesus Christ, we are told, is able to help us, help his brothers who are being tempted daily because of their Christian faith. And take a look at that first line. It says, holy brothers. Therefore, holy brothers. 
We are brothers of Jesus and brothers to one another. Because we belong to the family of God. Christians are brothers of Jesus Christ. They belong to the family of God. They are holy because Jesus Christ the sanctifier consecrated them. So that they can have access to God in the name of Jesus. We are holy. In other words we are truly saints of God. Chapter 13 verse 24 they are called saints to Hagios. And not only that, these are people who share in the heavenly calling. The believers experienced an effectual call of the gospel. First preached by Jesus Christ and then his apostles. This effectual call changed them internally. God took initiative in their salvation. This call is an invitation, brothers and sisters, to a great feast and fellowship with God eternally. It says, share in the heavenly calling. The call came from heaven. And God is calling us to heaven. And Jesus is the way to heaven. So we are to turn away from all idols to the true and living God. St. Paul calls it upward calling. It is a calling to a heavenly country, to a heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. What a privilege this is to be invited by God himself to his great eschatological feast. My question to you is, have you shared in this heavenly calling? Have you become sharers of the Holy Ghost? Have you become a member of his church, which is called Ecclesia, meaning the company of those who are called out from the world? The Greek word katanoeo means fix your thoughts upon Jesus. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, either we fix our thoughts on our belly button or on Jesus. And those Christians who are miserable and complaining and unhappy, they are people who refuse to fix their thoughts on Jesus. And they are always thinking about themselves, their problems, their troubles, their pain, their agony. This word is used by Jesus in Matthew 7 about certain people who are very careful in noticing the speck in other people's eyes but they refuse to consider the huge beam, the telephone pole, in their own eyes. Or Jesus used this word when he said, consider the raven. Study carefully. God feeds the raven. Or he used again the word, consider the lilies that transcends in glory, all the glory of Solomon. That's exactly what Ted Hagar, the Holy Ghost man, failed to do. He didn't consider Jesus. He calls himself a preacher. But he did not consider Jesus. Bring all your mental powers to bear upon Jesus, his person, his work. And then you will discover him to be all sufficient. 
for all your need. Notice it is a command. It's an imperative. Those who are Greek scholars. To consider means to bring one's mind to focus. Here, to bring one's mind to focus on Jesus intensely. To know him fully. It is to meditate on the scripture to know Jesus, his person and work. That we may love him, treasure him, worship and serve him only. And be completely satisfied with him. Faith comes by hearing the gospel. And faith in Jesus increases by considering Jesus, which the whole scripture reveals. We are commanded, brothers and sisters, to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, and with all our mind. Those who sin and become apostate are mindless people. They are like soils one, two, and three in the parable of the sower. And when you receive your renewed mind, you are to love Jesus with all your mind. And you are to resist the devil and stand victoriously having done all. And you will use the effective weapon of the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Mindless Christians are weak ones. They are easy prey to Satan. They are dumb. They would not say, it is written. Let's look at chapter 2 and verse 9. Notice, but we see Jesus. And chapter 3 verse 1, consider Jesus. Chapter 12 verse 2 and 3, We read, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And verse 3, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men. Consider him. Know him. Think about him. Know his person. Know his work. Know that he is your high priest. Notice so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The antidote to backsliding and apostasy is to consider Jesus. What are you considering? What are you thinking this morning? Are you thinking about the world or the Savior of the world? Think Jesus and you shall truly be happy. And we are told in the Psalms, his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And in Proverbs we read, Pay attention, listen carefully, do not let the word of God out of your sight, keep them within your heart. Why is it? For they are life to those who find them, and health and medicine to a man's whole body. Brothers and sisters, it is impossible to consider Jesus and complain and be confused and be miserable and be depressed. Those who consider Jesus confess him. So point number two is confession. Take a look at this. Fix your thought on Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. See, confession has two parts to it. You can confess all you want. It means nothing unless God confesses. You are my people. 
and then we confess you are my God so here the apostle and high priest of our confession apostle means he is the ambassador from God the father with authority and mission he is the final revelation of God and Jesus Christ did not glorify himself he glorified his father fulfilling his purpose of accomplishing redemption by his substitutionary penal and propitiatory death on the cross Isaiah said God's purpose will prosper in his hand and he took away the sin of the world he as the apostle of all apostles declares the gospel to us gospel of our eternal salvation who is this apostle he is God's son this apostle is creator and upholder of all things this apostle is the king of kings this apostle commissioned other apostles to go into all the world to preach repentance and forgiveness of sins turn with me to the book of John chapter 17 verse 4 and verse 18 I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do and verse 3 now this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent he's the apostle and verse 18 as you sent me into the world I have sent them into the world he sent Jesus Christ as the apostle into the world to declare the gospel because he is the gospel he accomplished redemption on the cross and he declares the gospel and he commissions others to declare the gospel chapter 20 of John and verse 21 and again Jesus said peace be with you as the father has sent me I am sending you this is the only time in the scriptures you find Jesus described as apostle this apostle is Jesus who saves his people from their sins have you confessed him as your savior and as your apostle did you recognize his person power and purpose in Jesus Christ brothers and sisters God the Father is speaking to deny Jesus is to deny God the Father and be judged by him on the last day he who welcomes him he who receives him receives the one who sent him he is also the high priest consider Jesus as the apostle and as the high priest this Jesus is our high priest our great high priest our sinless high priest our God man high priest who offered himself as an acceptable sacrifice in our place and for our sins have you considered him his person and his work he dealt with our sin problem once and for all so now in Jesus we can fearlessly approach the throne of grace with a pure conscience cleansed by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ and so the Father receives us and blesses us with heavenly blessings of mercy and grace. And the author says, consider Jesus 
the apostle and high priest of our confession. Do you confess this Jesus as your high priest? Have you trusted in his propitiation for the putting away of your sins forever? From the side of God. If you trust in him, your sins are covered. Have your sins been covered by the shed blood of Jesus, our high priest? Have you confessed him before the church and before the world? Take a look at this confession business, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. And we read, fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. And 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 3 tells us nobody is able to confess this confession except by and through the Holy Ghost. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. We confess Jesus Christ in the church, in the presence of God's people. But that's not all. We also confess this Jesus Christ in the world. Turn with me to Gospel of Matthew chapter 10, 32 and 33. Whoever acknowledges me before men. Here it is unbelievers. I will acknowledge him before the Father in heaven, but whosoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. And let's see what the apostles did. Acts chapter 4 and verse 20. They were told to shut up. They were told not to confess Jesus Christ and not to preach in his name. But here Acts 4 and verse 24 we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. It's our nature. We confess Christ Jesus in the church and in the world. We cannot help it. But let me tell you, this confession causes troubles. Turn with me to the book of John chapter 9. There Jesus healed a blind man. Look at verse 22. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged, confessed that Jesus was the Christ would be put out of the synagogue. It tells you right away why we are very quiet in the world. We are afraid. 34 and 35, John 9 to this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you to lecture us? And they threw him out. Confession causes troubles. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Look at Acts chapter 5 and verse 41. They confessed Jesus in the presence of the Sanhedrin. And what did they do to him? The apostles let the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. 
they were severely flogged. Turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. What these people themselves in their earlier days experienced because of their confession. Hebrews 10 beginning with verse 32. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution and other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Or turn to chapter 11. Now let me read to you from verse 36. And following some face jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. That's what confession can cause you. If you consider him, brothers and sisters, if you put your mind to think of the gospel, if you consider him, you will confess him. Most people refuse to confess him because they refuse to consider him. They suppress the truth of Jesus and exchange the gospel for a lie. But if you fix your thoughts on Jesus, you will confess him. As apostle and high priest. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. Here we are told it is because of him that's God the Father that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom of God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. This Jesus is wisdom for me. This Jesus is righteousness for me, sanctification for me, and the final redemption for me. And so we confess it. Turn to the book of Psalms, 73rd Psalm, and see what the psalmist is confessing. He was miserable and unhappy until he went to the temple of the Lord, and now he confesses. Verse 25 and 26, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and portion forever. He believes in resurrection. He believes in eternal life. He believes in celestial everlasting felicity with God. And he is a realist. He acknowledges his flesh and his heart will fail. But to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. Or turn with me if you can find this book. It is called Habakkuk. It's difficult to find. Take your time, you know. We understand. I will try. Sometime I can find it and sometime I cannot find it. Chapter 3, here is Habakkuk, 
confessing his God. 17, chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, we are not fair weather Christians. We understand problems and troubles, persecutions. Though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, what a terrible thing when you preach prosperity through Jesus, which is material prosperity. But here it says, it says, even if there is nothing, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in God, my Savior. Hallelujah. Jesus told Martha, 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 you are worried about many things. Many and one. One thing is needful. He is all I need. That's what it is all about. When you think, you will confess him. And you will discover him to be sufficient for all your needs. Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession. Can you say Jesus is the apostle and the high priest of my confession? Third point. If this is so, you considered and you married on the basis of your consideration. Now comes real living. Troubles and problems and miseries. The point is, will you continue? Continuance. This Jesus whom they confessed and commanded to consider carefully is the faithful one who is infinitely superior to faithful Moses. Don't quit following Jesus because of persecution. If you do, you are proving you have nothing to do with Jesus Christ. That he never confessed about you. You are my people. Don't quit following Jesus because of persecution. If you fix your thoughts on Jesus of your confession, you will not quit and go back to the shadow of mosaic economy of bloody sacrifices and rituals and external ceremonies. The Jews adored Moses and rejected Jesus, but this is wrong way of treating Moses. Moses is not the final revelation. Moses was speaking of what was going to come in the future. The text tells us. Moses was predicting of the Messiah, Jesus. Jesus Christ is the final revelation. Moses pointed to Jesus and Jesus pointed to himself and he said, I am that I am. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and life. I say to you, you have heard it said, but I say to you, he is the final revelation. It is utterly foolish to adore Moses and not worship Jesus, who is the creator, God, and savior of Moses. Well, let's find out what Moses did. Turn with me with Hebrews 11, verse 26. The author speaks about Moses. He, Moses, regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Turn to John's Gospel, chapter 5, 
and verse 46. Let's hear from the mouth of Jesus himself what Moses was teaching. If you believed Moses, John 5:46, you would believe me for he wrote about me. And Deuteronomy 18 verse 15 speaks about God raising up a prophet like unto me. Listen to him. And on the Mount of Transfiguration there was Moses and Elijah and God the Father said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. He's the final revelation. Turn to the book of Acts chapter 10 and verse 43. And we read all the prophets testify about him. That everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Not everyone who believes in Moses. Moses is the first one to tell you, don't believe in me. Moses was like the John the Baptist. He prepared the way for Jesus. Moses would say, let me decrease and let him increase because he is my God and he is my savior I wrote about him I expected him to come into the world and save sinners and this text chapter 3 1 through 6 speaks six times about house about house being built and it is speaking about the church the body of Christ the people of God the household of God and you go home and read First Peter 2 Beginning with five, how God builds his temple with living stones. It's not some loose people come and independently, autonomously go into a church. No, it is a house built. Everyone belongs. Everyone is living stone and everyone is built into the church. There is connection with God and connection with each other. Hallelujah. So in this house of God... That is in the family and believing community of God. Moses functioned as a servant. As a steward. He was faithful to God we are told. See he is arguing that Jesus is superior to Moses. And so it is foolishness to go back to Moses and to Judaism. But Jesus unlike Moses is over the house of God. Not as a servant but as son. Moses was faithful as a servant in the house of God. Jesus was faithful as a son over the house of God. Jesus was the builder of the house of God. Moses was part of the house Jesus built. So the author says, don't be infatuated with Judaism and Moses and rituals. Don't be tempted to forsake the reality of Jesus for the shadow of Judaism. What is he saying? Jesus... Christ is of greater glory than of Moses. If you go back to Judaism to avoid persecution, you prove yourselves not heirs of salvation. You prove yourselves stupid and your confession falls. So he says, think clearly. Moses is part of the house. Christ is the builder. Moses was faithful in the house. Jesus faithful over the house. Moses was a servant in the house. Jesus was a son over the house. Moses loved God. Jesus is the God whom he loved. Moses was sinful in need of salvation. Jesus was sinless and he saved him. Moses brought you out 
from the bondage to Pharaoh, Jesus brought us out from sin and from death and from the devil. Moses a creature, Jesus creator. Jesus built the house of his church. He owns the house. He rules the house. He provides for the house. And this one is faithful. Jesus is faithful. And Jesus was faithful. And Moses was faithful. The idea here is be faithful. Continue in your confession. Which you made after consideration of the person and work of Christ. Consider Jesus. Think and live out that confession in spite of persecutions. And inherit a heavenly country. A heavenly city. Persevere to the end. As Jesus persevered. And sat down. In glory. Turn to chapter 12. And let me read to you. Again. Verse 2, 3 and 4. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him. Notice the word. Endured. The cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And verse 4, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. In other words, he tells you to die for the sake of your faith in Jesus Christ who saved you, who gave you eternal life, who liberated you from the fear of death to which you were slaves all your life. Hallelujah. Only perseverance can prove the authenticity of one's confession and consideration. Professor F. F. Bruce says this, The doctrine of the final perseverance of the saints has as its corollary the salutary teaching that the saints are the people who persevere to the end. I don't believe in a silly, stupid teaching of eternal security where you do nothing. I don't believe it. I believe in the eternal security. Yes! I believe in the final perseverance of the saints and I also believe that the saints will persevere to the end enabled by our great God. If you quit, if you fail to be faithful to God in your confession till death, you are not part of the house which Christ is building. If you are a true Christian, you will hold on fearlessly to your confession. You will carefully apply your mind to consider Jesus. And you will boast in the hope of the glory of God. You will defy death for the sake of your confession that Jesus is Lord. And you will rejoice in tribulations, knowing tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope, a hope that does not make us ashamed. A hope in the soon coming of the Lord when we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. If you do not continue in your confession, I said you do not belong to his church. You may belong here, but not his church. So consider Christ by the full application of your renewed mind. Confess Christ before the world. 
in proclamation and by proper conduct continue in the faith till death with fearless death defying confidence in the sure hope of the glory of God brothers and sisters we boast we boast in Jesus Christ we boast in the glory of God so I tell you remember Lord's wife remember Judas remember Demas a fellow minister with the Apostle Paul we read that he abandoned the gospel having loved this present world toward the end of his life and John tells us in 1st John 2:19, they went out from among us because they did not belong to us had they belonged to us they would have persevered to the end and Jesus tells the church to spare be faithful till death and I'll give you a crown of life sirs don't be ashamed don't be timid Saint Paul tells Timothy don't be timid don't be ashamed be filled with the spirit he tells us God did not give us a spirit of timidity but a spirit of power of love and of self-discipline and above all brothers and sisters remember Jesus who endured the cross and scorned its shame and died and rose from the dead and he's the sovereign ruler of the universe see him crowned with glory and honor remember the martyrs of the church so consider Jesus confess him and continue to be faithful till death and I promise to you the Lord shall give you a crown of everlasting life Heavenly Father we praise you and thank you for the gospel help us O oh Lord not to be lazy with our mind help us to love the Lord with all our mind deliver us from hollow enthusiasm and shallow Christianity that trades the Holy Ghost for meth and calls male prostitute for satisfaction have mercy upon the church of Jesus Christ Help us, O oh Lord, to know your Son, that we may be satisfied completely by him. That we will be like Mary, who will sit at the feet of Jesus, to whom you said only one thing is needful. Hallelujah. You are our portion, and you are our cup, you are our life, you are our hope, you are our joy, you are our peace. You delivered us from our sin and from our death hallelujah to me to live is Christ and to die is gain therefore O oh Lord help us to persevere to the very end in Jesus name Amen you've been listening to part 6 of the Bible series on the book of Hebrews come back again soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Reverend P.G. Matthew